Beer Glass Beer Glass Beer Glass Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Beer Glass We hope you enjoy yourselves today. But please remember to drink responsibly. Hello and welcome to the first episode of Beer Glass Cast. My name is Kevin Zerby, and with me tonight is a very, very good friend. His name is Adam Poles, and he's come here to help me describe to you the different companies that I've acquired over the year and a half of collecting beer glasses, which some of these companies I have no clue anything about. And if it wasn't for you, I would answer a phone. <laughs> Excuse me. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't know anything about these companies. Ladies and gentlemen, my good friend, Adam Poles. It's Kevin, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks for having me, Kevin. You're very welcome. Tonight's episode, I figured we would cover as much as we can about the history and the, the goodness of Guinness, which is what we're drinking tonight. I picked up two Guinness Extra Stouts tonight. And this, if you can explain to me one thing off the bat. You were telling me a little bit about the correlation between Guinness, the person, up until Guinness the beer. Yeah, well, not exactly sure if it's just an, an Irish wives' tale, but heard it, well, over in Ireland. There's a, a story that goes told in pubs that apparently Guinness wanted the rights to a particular spring to brew his beer. Right. And this was controlled by an English lord at the time. Obviously, England still has, you know, a lot of controlling interest in Ireland. Apparently, he took this lord out drinking, a uh, small town where the claim to fame is you can't walk 20 feet without bumping into a pub. <laughs> That's an awesome claim to fame. And got him so, so drunk <laughs> that he signed a contract over for 50,000 years. Now, nice. I'm not sure how true that is, but it's a story they do tell over there. <laughs> That's pretty amazing, though. You'd have to be pretty drunk to sign something over 50,000 years. <laughs> to even think that you would need to sign something over for 50,000 years. And that's where I say to you, I'm not sure, but I always heard about the story of how Guinness started his, uh, his uh, Book of World Records, and it started with bar bets or something like that. Yes, it did. It did. And, and he would bet people this, that, and the other. And then it got to the point where they were so ridiculous, people did them. And uh, I believe this one's the topper. And that, that would definitely be the topper. If you guys who are listening right now, take some time and take a look at the picture. You'll see some glasses there that are associated with this episode. A certain type of beer has a certain type of body, and it requires a certain type of glass. So generally speaking... You okay. start designing them for a type of beer, and then, well, it just get, it just becomes commercial, and after a while, a logo's a logo, and it's a cute glass, but, you know, originally there is a certain type of glass that you pour a Guinness in, and then you, you have, you know, your cheating glass in there for the bartenders who can't really pour correctly. Well, let's talk about that. You're talking about the beveled Guinness glass. Yeah. Is that right? Mm -hmm. And um, so you'll see that in the picture there. there there's a picture of it. It's a Guinness glass. You can't really tell in the picture, but it's, it's cut a certain way. And there's like a, a beveled edge in on one side, and then you turn, and it's kind of like sticking out in another side. It kind of looks like a 3D harp that they tried to cut into the glass. But that's to help the the person pouring the beer do it correctly. Right, because if you if you there's nothing worse in, in the world than a badly poured Guinness. Mm -hmm. it, it's basically at that point it, it it's flat alcoholic milk. 
Right. Once it's if, if it loses the head, there's no. I mean, Guinness to begin with isn't a very carbonated beer, so it's it acquires a special type of taste. But if that once the head's gone, there's there's no point to the beer. Okay. And and I think I poured it exactly the way that you're not supposed to because I lost my head already. Yeah. You you don't you don't pour Guinness in a tilted glass like a, a like a lighter beer. I did that on purpose to see if you knew that, <laughs> which I'm making up right now on the spot. Right now I'm holding a Samuel Adams glass. By the way, if you would like to tell the audience what you're drinking out of today. I still do not know how to pronounce this. <laughs> I know it's a Polish beer that I've had multiple times, and it's a very good beer. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I can spell it for you guys. It's T-Y-S-K-I-E, but I am not sure on the pronunciation. Tisky. Tisky? Tisket, Tasket. <laughs> it's something with the basket. Cheers, by the way. Oh, yes. We didn't. That's a sound you'll hear often on this show. It's the world's most toastable beer. It is. <laughs> but one of the older glasses that I have, it it is like this mug, and it says Guinness along the front, but the glass itself, the mug itself, is really small, probably about maybe two inches across. And I was wondering if maybe that had something to do with the way you're going to pour the beer in there. Is that... Normally, the, the fuller, darker beer, the, the lighter a glass you use in terms of pouring. Um, you know, just to get ahead on something like a, a lighter Pilsner, things like that, requires a thicker glass. Mm-hmm. And... The reverse is true with a, with a darker, fuller beer. Okay. Guinness is a popular Irish dry stout that originated from the brewery of Arthur Guinness, who was born in 1725. He lived till 1803. Proving that beer lengthens your life. Yeah, he, he had one heck of a life. 70 what? For that time, yeah, that's ridiculous. 79. Yeah. It's not bad. St. James Gate, Dublin. And it's still one of the most successful brands worldwide. They've sold to date at least until I printed this out, 1.5 billion Imperial Stouts or 1.8 billion U.S. pints. Billion. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's, one, that's one and a quarter pints of beer for every Chinese person on the planet. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> wow. Annual sales total 850 million liters. That is amazing. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's an entire lake of beer. Fill up uh, Lake Bezik back here. I live on a lake that's uh, empty. We could fill that sucker right back up again with no problem. The Guinness Company had its headquarters in London from 1932 onwards. It merged with Grand Metropolitan PIC in 1997 and is now part of the British-based multinational alcoholic drinks producer Diageo. Diageo? Something like that? Just like the name on this glass, I can't pronounce what this is. Yeah. So we'll say Diablo. Diego. Sometime around when they did that, they, they began brewing it over in Canada as well, and there's just something about it. It's not qualitatively as good, at least as far as I've ever had. So they're, they're I don't ch- know if, if there literally is a magical spring over in Ireland, or, or but maybe, who knows, if there's a, a Guinness leprechaun over there, but the, what comes straight from Ireland just seems to be better. It, it, has, it has a stronger heart to it than it does when they, There is no Canadian leprechauns, I don't think. No. And, and really no good Canadian beer, so... That's true. What is a Canadian beer? Molson? Molson. Yeah. Labatt. I made the mistake one time of just... Because it was on sale, and it was a summery time, and I had just found Bud Light Limes, and, and those those have a nice crisp summer taste. And there was a Labatt version of that on sale at a very large package store in Bristol. Mm-hmm. Never again. <laughs> God awful. I don't think I've ever had Labatt's beer, but I, I've I saw it on sale everywhere, and I figured 
<laughs> since it was so there's something wrong with it. Right. So I stayed away from it. Real quick, we were shopping, and you pointed out something. Now, I'm not a big Budweiser fan mm-hmm. either. And we were shopping, and, and, and you pointed out the Budweiser glass, and you taught me a trick with peanuts. Can you please explain? Oh, yeah. And in order to get Budweiser to taste like real beer, um, <laughs> yeah. basically, there, there's a, a specific type of glass that's, that's geared towards pouring a beer like Budweiser. And uh, old trick, actually, I guess my mother picked it up in college at uh, Dirty Frank's in University of Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Um, but essentially, you crush uh, very finely uh, peanut shells and drop them in the bottom of the glass and you know, let them sit for a couple of minutes and then basically pour your Budweiser into there. And it, it uh, creates a a real actual head which is hard to get on a beer that light and yeah as a adds a nice nutty salty flavor to the top almost like um the uh, the salt on the rim of a uh, margarita glass really okay yes. i like that idea budweiser is fairly cheap as well like right. like labats so i wouldn't go that far it's not you, that, that you, it's not that bad would you think that the peanut idea would help enhance a labat beer no Mm-mm. I, I don't think there's much that could enhance those. So if you had to, to um, if someone pulled you over and said, tell me your favorite beer or die, what would you choose? <sighs> Having to narrow it down to one, I mean... Uh, you have 10 seconds. <laughs> that's, that's tough because, you know, be- beers are for occasions. And there's, a, there's a type of beer for every type of thing, and, and you can't necessarily... You know, there, there's summer beer, there's winter beer, there's your Oktoberfest, there's you know, there's a, a long litany of beers, and you can't necessarily just hammer down one. Yeah, good I answer, mean, by the way. I mean, if I had to, had to, if if you, <sighs> and it also depends. I mean, am, am I spending my life drinking alone or with other people? Good question. No, you'll be drinking alone. Okay, so so essentially, we're, we're we're setting up a personal, scenario which I, yeah. I'm. I'm locked in my man cave forever, and I can only ever have one beer ever and that's again it. in life. On tap, though. That's the good news. But yeah. Oh, God. Probably Newcastle. Really? Yeah. Very good choice, because I love Newcastle in my, well, in my glasses somewhere. But it, yeah. See, the thing about that is it's, it's dark enough to hold up for, for winter festivities, but it's light enough that you don't feel like you're drowning yourself in the summer. Right. Because it, it, if a beer is too thick at that time of year, you're just, you know, it, it doesn't work. Right. Now, I mean... Then, then again, I kind of have to separate Guinness because Guinness is its own thing. Right. Guinness isn't a beer. Guinness, to me, Guinness is more of a, it's an icon. Anything else, it's it's you know, Guinness, it's, a, it's a standard. Yeah, I mean, Guinness, Guinness was a rite of passage. It wasn't a beer. Right. It was when you when you graduated when when you were you know sixteen drinking the cheap stuff that you could just get a hold of. It's what you graduated to when you developed a real actual palate. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, it was like you know. Finding the first mysterious woman in life when you went away to college—that's that's what Guinness was. Guinness yeah. was, you know, and it's not just a beer. Guinness is basically—if you could bottle Cheers, mm-hmm. that's Guinness. You can't be unhappy drinking Guinness with someone, no matter what. You could start—you could start out on the most horrible tragedies in your life, and you sit down at a bar with a friend with a Guinness. All of a sudden, everything becomes okay. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. You know, it's it's not... You should get paid for that comment right there from Guinness Company. No, I mean, there's there's a reason that, you know, the artwork we had in college said, my goodness, my Guinness, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Of course, then I'm not exactly sure how I survived my 21st birthday in college with Guinness, but that was... It was a strange thing. I I can't can't believe you'd never heard of them when when I was talking to you one one day at work. uh, The whole idea of the Irish car bomb. No, but explain that again. We hope you enjoy yourselves today. But please remember to drink responsibly. 
That's Guinness in its party format, basically. Right. Um, essentially, it's uh, somewhere between 12 to 16. It should be a full pint of uh, Guinness poured correctly. Um, and you take a double shot glass. Uh, it's one shot of Jameson's, one shot of um, Bailey's, mm-hmm. and the shot glass drops directly into the pint, and then you just down the thing. Right. Now, you, yeah, you have to be very careful with those, of course, because that's, you know, like I said, that, that's Guinness in its college party incarnation. Right. Not the, it's not the sit For, down, uh, relax type. No, that's not a, or, you know, no. enjoy a nice uh, sonnet. But, yeah, <laughs> it was, it was an interesting time, my 21st birthday. Spent, it was spent at Dublin's and uh, Sunset Strip in Los Angeles. I was a, a UCLA grad. We spent from two in the afternoon until two in the morning, going back and forth between Dublin's and high-end Japanese bar Miyagi's. Which uh, wow! So you're we, a multicultural type of well, uh, drunk. <laughs> those, those were the those were the sake bombs, which is the oh my gosh. The Jap- How do you... That's the Jap- the Japanese version of the Irish car bomb. Basically, it's a, a um, you need twelve ounces of any good dry Japanese beer, mm-hmm. preferably something like a Sai. Or sometimes a, uh, Japanese drinkers, for whatever reason, tend to prefer Chinese beer. No. Uh, yeah, and, and one of their preferential ones is uh, Singtao. I am very familiar with Singtao. Which, strangely, also I was always entertained by the fact that the six-pack says the official beer of communist China. Does it still say that? Yeah, that always intrigued <laughs> me. But... Um, at any rate, that's essentially just uh, 12 ounces of any of those types of beers with uh, a shot glass of sake dropped into it, mm. and it's straight down, which it basically end up with plum, fl- uh, it's plum-flavored beer. Yeah. And, and, and as long as it, the, the sake's not hot, well, it works. But again, the things you do in college when you're... You know. And that was college, which you just left uh, two, two days ago, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sadly, no. It's quite a while. Oh, my... Wow. No, it's quite a while ago. Yeah. It's a decade and a half now. Wow. Yeah. For me, college was uh, community, so I didn't get to have all that fun. I but was, I, I, I still was, did things at night, but not as much as... Uh, no, we were the last party class of UCLA before they cracked out on it completely. Oh, man. Which involves a flaming couch, but that's that's totally unbeer related <laughs> That's for another episode. It's in completely unrelated to beer. <laughs> but it, was a, it was a flying flaming couch. We have to tell that story another time, though. Yeah, at some point, I suppose, yeah. <laughs> We're going to have another gentleman joining us next time we do this show. His name is William. Um, but I wanted to start this show off with you because I asked you if you would like to do this show. And we're still trying to iron out uh, what this show, how this show will be done. Uh, but I, I like that. I like to tell stories while enjoying a good beer. And we're also going to focus around a certain company each, each time we record. And, uh, of course, this one being Guinness. Does Guinness have a porter that's for sale now? Not that I'm aware of. I mean, I know yeah. you have Harp, and there's there's a Guinness Blonde. I didn't know about I, the Blonde. I've only seen and never ventured to try, just because it, it just seems to me to be kind of pointless. That's, I mean, a Guinness Blonde, that's... Doesn't, no, but no, doesn't, doesn't compute to me. Guinness, yeah, Guinness goes with something thick, where you gain 20 pounds per drink. You know. Speaking of which, awesome cooking beer. Oh yeah, you were telling me before a little bit of something that you've either made or something. You well, used. no, Guinness basically it's it's um, just due to its heavy body and the, the the flavor it has, it goes very well with any sort of a game, mm-hmm. any type of meat that's that's uh, really muscly, things like that, venison, rabbit, because basically it just softens everything, so mm. it, it tenderizes it and adds a nice caramel flavor to it. 
Man. Makes an incredibly good gravy. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's like the ultimate you know, pot roast type thing for the winter. Um, also, phenomenal with brats. I was going to say bratwurst, I would imagine. Yeah, you, you, what you, but what you have to do is you have to soak the brats in that, and then when you drain off everything that's left, you put that in your sauerkraut and fry your sauerkraut in that, oh, rather man. than using traditional sauerkraut. And then just, just grill the brats. Are you a sauerkraut fan? Here and there. I mean, well, I'm predominantly German, so it's, it's, I would be giving up my German card. But <laughs> <laughs> there's a reason they call them krauts. <laughs> I can't... I, my dad was a sauerkraut freak, and I can't well, take I'm t- it. I'm telling you. How, well, how do you have it normally? Is it just the traditional... Like, uh, it was traditional. Dad, yeah. would, dad would plop the Didn't cabbage it? on top of a dog. Oh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm telling you. I'd, I'd have to make it for you sometime fried that way. Yeah. Because it's... It, it, it kind of... Do you like caramelized onion and Oh, like very that? much. See, it, very does, much. it does that to the sauerkraut, basically. It gives it a, a, an almost, like, beefy sort of flavor. It, it kind of enriches it. It's almost like sauerkraut is almost dehydrated. Yeah. It sort of rehydrates it and gives it a body back, and then it has a nice little. Basically, all of the caramel that's in the Guinness just cooks and cooks directly into the food. Yeah. So you're basically it's like instant caramelization for things like that. I can't take that from fermented sour aftertaste is what kills me. Well, it goes away if it's fried. It's it, good. Know. I like to try what y- yeah, you. Yeah, because there's a lot of vinegar involved and stuff like that, and that's yeah. That's what you're probably not liking. Ugh, drives me crazy, but yeah, if you can cook it in Guinness. And then we'll uh, bratwurst it. That yeah, would that, be great. There's that. Definitely have to try rabbit or venison with it. Any kind of a... Or, or are you a fan of anything like quail, game hens? Never had things? anything more than uh, bison in the in the gamey area. And bison and... Uh, I think I've had elk in a burger once. Yeah, any, any of the game birds. And it works wonders with rabbit because I'm not a fan of rabbit in and of itself. It's, it, it's just too stringy. It, mm-hmm. it tastes almost like nothing. I've but never tried a rabbit. No. One night soaked in this stuff, however. Bugs in a Guinness. Bunny. Oh. Uh, not bugs. No, I'm sorry. Not insects. I was thinking six that no. Guinness puts out 1,138,000 barrels a year. That is a whole lot of beer. That is. Crazy. And of course has the largest toast on the planet every year. What, what is that about? St. Pat's. It's oh, of the, course. The Guinness toast on St. Pat's. It's always like the biggest toast of... They continuously just set the world record over and over and over again. Every year. <laughs> they fill their <laughs> own it. book. Yeah. Man. Speak of this black and tan you speak oh, the, of, oh, which I have tried, and it's really good. Yeah, it's, it's, it's supposed to be um, half bass, uh, English pale ale, and half Guinness. Um, you know, basically the so-called black and tan because the, the Guinness floats to the top and... Uh, Kind of intermingles with the bass and just sort of lightens itself. Mm-hmm. It still has the the. It's still got the original sort of Guinness flavor, but it's a. It's got a much lighter aftertaste. And yeah, and I've I've tried that before, and it's that's something that to me would be a summer Guinness. Yeah, basically. Yeah, better than the, the blonde idea. Although I haven't tried the blonde, so I can't say anything about the blonde yet until I try I, it. I am almost not trying it just in protest. <laughs> I, I kind of in disagreement. I mean, it, it just seems to me like something that shouldn't have happened, like the Porsche nine four four. <laughs> I mean, there's just some things you don't do. Like, that's just—I I don't know why you would do that. Why, if you—why would you mess with something that's—that's, that's, you know, that—that that iconic? That it's—it's it's almost dumbing it down. I mean, the idea of a pale Guinness is just—I mean, yes, a black and tan—that's one thing, but that's—that's that's in you know a, a whole different incarnation. Right. That's not. That's respect of another type of setup. Just, but. It's just the idea of Guinness, and you know, it's 
just like the Dodge Ram convertible or something. It just makes no sense. Like, why would you do that? <laughs> more money. Just trying to make a little bit more true. money on the side. I mean, I suppose, yes. But at a certain point, it really shouldn't be about the business. I mean, yeah. I, I, it's the new young people that come in and say, do I have an idea for you that'll make this company so big? Right, when you're already the biggest thing in the universe. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, you're probably one of two beer distributors that might make as much money off of just their merchandising as, as their actual product. Mm. I mean, Guinness and Corona. You see people wandering around who probably don't drink this thing, but they, you know, have a Guinness t-shirt, shirts, Guinness yeah. hat, they have Guinness flip-flops. and you know, if Coolers. Yeah, if you're at that point, why do you, why would you bother? And I mean, you know, Guinness artwork, Guinness signs, Guinness, you know, just... I mean, at some point, I'll break down and try it just to say that I did, but... And maybe I'll be <laughs> No wrong. rush. Maybe, you know, maybe I'll come back on the show and say, you know what, okay, it wasn't a bad idea. We'll do it and, in spring. And I guess, you know, there are so many bad beers in the world that it's probably better than most. Yeah, that's probably so, true, too. Because, I mean, there are some terrible beers out there. I forgot the one that I was going to mention. Would that be the drought? Guinness drought? Guinness drought's the, the one that comes in that weird clicking bottle and or can. What is that about? Why, it's what? supposed to it, it's supposed to basically pour the Guinness for you, but I, I've always found, quite frankly, I, I don't like the taste of that one so much. It's it's a little too. Uh, it's almost got a consistency more like a milkshake than a beer. Yeah. And quite frankly, to me, a beer has to have a bite for me to know I'm drinking a beer. I'm with you so on that. I, I definitely prefer the extra stout to anything else. Not that, and, and again, you know, granted. Not my preference as far as Guinnesses go, but that particular Guinness, I probably take that over the next, you know, ten beers down the line anyway. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, a preferential thing with the. To, to me, that what we're drinking is is that Guinness. Yeah. You know, and it's just, with our plethora of Irish neighbors, that was always what Guinness was to them. Yeah. You know, and we we had this is what they had growing up. Yeah, we had the entire country. Right. We had two adopted brothers growing up. I mean, not literally adopted, but I mean. That, there was already the brood of us where I have five brothers. Mm-hmm. And then two neighbors, one of whom we called Duffy, whose name was Terrence James Duffy. And another one, Matthew McGoldrick. You, mm-hmm. you don't get any more Irish than those, than those names. Yeah. And, of course, Duffy then there, and McGoldrick. And then there were the Bonners, who were the third house down. Mm-hmm. To them, that's what Guinness was. So, naturally, you know, we picked it up. Being the German family, we were, you know, they 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 got our brews, we got theirs, and that was their Guinness. So, what what were the three um, Guinness Harp and what was the third one? The three ones that make up the uh, oh, it's Sam Smith. The Sam Smith is the third one. Yeah. Okay, and that's what makes up Sam Smith. I'm I'm confused on that. Well, no, that's why it appears on the on the bottle. That whole like yeah, little triumvirate logo they have. The it's just like, but yeah, Sam Smith is its own entity. It's just almost like a reverential sort of reference oh okay I thought it was like they all three of those made a company no. or something like speaking that speaking of which great oatmeal stout that's that's funny you say that because uh, Samuel Smith's oatmeal stout is what the next episode I'm doing with my son-in-law is ah. would you like to join us for that why not okay because we're going to do it here well thank you so much for joining me for this very first episode of Beer Glass Cast oh, um, no. I really really appreciate it no definitely a pleasure and hope to do it again really soon yeah And we've been drinking once again Guinness Stout and talking about Guinness. So thank you for joining us. Until next time, drink drink responsibility wise. I don't think you can drink responsibility. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, they can that now. It's not really possible to drink in action. (laughs) It's possible, but 
They'll figure out a way. You know they will. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> All of Zerbinator's music and podcasts are under the Creative Commons license, which allows retelling and rebroadcasting as long as the author is notified and credited. For more great escape pods, please visit www.zerbinator.wordpress.com. If you would like to contact Zerbinatorland, you can send an email to instrumentally at gmail.com or give us a call at 571-408-ZERB or 9372.